0: Welcome to The Future Belongs to Creators. I'm your host, Nathan Berry. I'm the CEO at ConvertKit, and I'm joined by my co-host, Barrett Brooks. He's the COO here at ConvertKit, and we're on a mission to help creators earn a living. This show is about turning anxious energy into creative output during times of uncertainty. Welcome to episode 40 of The Future Belongs to Creators. Today, we're gonna talk about how to structure your time once you've gone full-time as a creator, which is a harder thing than you might expect. And I think as most creators have found who've made the switch, it's not a problem that you'd expect at all. You'd think it would go perfectly. And the reality is that it's kind of like hitting an unexpected brick wall. But before we dive into that, Barrett, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Okay, your eyebrows are doing well. (laughs) Uh, uh, It's really unfortunate that there needs to be like an
1: accessibility uh, caption to what's happening on video for the audio listeners when I do something like that. (laughs) Anyways, uh, I'm good. It's Monday. Um, Man, it was an up and down week last week. Like we had to go through a valley to get to a peak, but I left Friday feeling freaking pumped about where the business is and where we're going and just had some really good follow-up conversations with people on our team um, after all of our planning. So that was fantastic. Did a little project out in the yard this weekend. I've worked with my coach. I'm allowed one working day and one rest day now on weekends. So I don't burn myself. Okay. Out. And uh, I built a path along the side of our house that man, the hardest part was digging up all the weeds. There's these little tubers on the end of the weeds that are like eight inches down in the dirt. I basically dug up my whole backyard at this point. And then, uh, yeah, I started today with, um, just hanging out with my kid for a little while and then did some writing for 20 minutes about, uh, the, the title of it was mattering and it was just kind of like stream of consciousness writing. But, um, I assume I'll publish some version of it, but it started with this experience I've had. And it started when I was maybe, I don't know, 11 or 12, where I first realized that we have to die as people like that is a thing that must happen. Right. And occasionally in my life, I'll have these little moments of like deep anxiety over that thought. Someday I will have to die. I will reach the moment where that is true. And so I was writing about that this morning um, and how that relates specifically to why I care so much about my work mm-hmm. and uh, why I want my work to matter. So anyways, there's a fun <laughs> preface for. Uh, so I'm kind of like in a green mood, but a very introspective, like deep Thoughtful. kind of place related to it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. How you doing? Good. Uh, Hillary and I celebrated our wedding anniversary on Saturday, so 11 years. Congratulations. Saturday. Thanks. Um, we did kind of the only like outing date night that we know how to do in quarantine, which is uh, make some food at home, go find a place at the park where there's no one else around and have a picnic. So that's what we did. We went down by the Boise River, which was really nice. Um, had a good time the longest stretch of time that we've spent away from Josiah of three hours. So he did well. By the time we got back, it was like we were um maybe like a half mile away from Hillary's parents' house to pick him up. When uh, we got the text of like, hey, are you guys almost here?
1: <laughs> 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 you know, we said we'd be back
0: at eight. It was like 801, you yeah. know, that kind of thing. And we're like, yep, we're. Right around the corner. Um, so it went really well. He wasn't really worked up or anything. Um, so it's good. Planted a bunch of stuff in the garden. My one-handed pickaxing technique while holding a baby is actually pretty pretty solid. So your face, <laughs> makes, it's not nearly as dangerous as your face makes it look. I'm it's just like hoping small you, you kept
1: the swing below the knees or something like that. <laughs> yeah.
0: You have to with like, it's hard to operate a pickaxe with one hand. Yes. Uh, Anyway, I've got this technique nailed.
1: Because the we problem got- is the rotation. <laughs> yep. You know, you need really strong wrist action. I mean, even on a small pickaxe. I mean, anyways.
0: <laughs> uh but we got a bunch of squash, uh, beans and corn planted in the garden last night. Nice. Lots of good things coming there.
1: Your uh, your story about the picnic down by the river made me think of uh I, I grew up in Georgia and uh therefore grew up on some country music and Alan Jackson is a country artist who maybe some people have heard of. Anyways, he has a song called Chattahoochee. And in that song, he says down by the river on a Friday night, I'm not going to sing it for you because I don't want to torture you. But anyways, (laughs) if you want some, uh, some roots of Barrett Brooks, go look up Chattahoochee by Alan Jackson and just wait and see. Okay. On that
0: note. (laughs) Shall we transition? <laughs> Let's do it. Okay, so we're talking about about making this switch and building up to this moment when you can go full time on your creative venture. And a lot of people are working towards that. We we discussed whether some you know want to do that. There are definitely times when you want to keep your side hustle on the side, but you've made the switch. You have that first day. Let's say it's a Monday. A Monday, just like today, and you roll in. The alarm doesn't go off. Because you don't have to leave and head out the door. Um, You can work on whatever you want. And so like you kind of sit down, brain. Nobody's telling you what to do. You know, there's no particular project. Anything in your whole business is free to work on. And then uh, there's just total flexibility in what everyone else thinks you could work on. So maybe your spouse is like, hey, could you run to the grocery store for this? Or maybe if you're me, your father-in-law is like, hey, could you help me with this project? Right. Or all of these other things because you are actually not a self-employed creator. You are now an unemployed individual who could help anyone with a completely flexible schedule. Okay. Your reality may be different than that. That was my reality. I think this
1: might be a really relatable thing, actually. Well, here's the thing: I think maybe for a couple of weeks you'll be super focused, I you're think just so. jazzed on the energy, and then there comes the Monday three or five or six weeks in, <laughs> and that and that is when all the relatives start texting. Oh, hey, could you actually babysit for me this afternoon? It's like, what? No, <laughs> I'm working. I started a business, but people just maybe it's better now. Maybe it's better now. It was almost ten years ago now that I first got started. So, maybe it's better, maybe more people get it, but I think probably not. And I think a lot of people just assume you're available at all times to help them with whatever they want, which is not true. But the worst part is that you sometimes think you are available at any time to do whatever you want. And that mentality is exactly what can break you. I said this on Twitter as the preface to today's episode, but, um, I think that this was one of the biggest things that just dropped me straight into a hole of deep, deep anxiety Mm -hmm. and probably depression as well. Um, I don't know, maybe a year into my business, I really hit rock bottom on all of this, which for me expressed itself as going to a million doctors, trying to figure out what was wrong with me. I was, I was sure I was dying of something. (laughs) And I think it was because there is so much freedom. There's so much blank space and the weight of feeling like you should be making progress at the same time when you feel like you have complete control over every moment of your workday is this very odd uh, juxtaposition that is really hard to handle unless you get out in front of it. And so I think the motivation for this episode is very much, well, how do you get out in front of it?
0: Yep. That's good. Cause, cause my, I think my experience was what you described of at first having all this energy and then like probably, probably it took me two or three weeks of realizing, whoa, I actually need frameworks and systems in my life. And those were all dictated to me by other people. Show up to work between 8 and 8.30. Work on these projects. These are the priorities, you know. Uh, interface with other people in these ways. And then we get total flexibility. Then it's like, okay. It's not that you want total flexibility. It's that now you need to choose the systems that you put in place.
1: Yep, yep, exactly. Um, so the first thing I want to acknowledge is that there is no one right day. Yeah. I think one of the, the things that, can tend to happen is you'll hear whatever productivity guru or whatever creator talk about their day. And you'll assume something like, well, I should be up at five 30 or six, you know, I should like get my workout in, have my protein shake, uh, I should be at my desk by seven thirty. you know, writing like three to 5,000 words. And then, uh, right after that, I should read three or four books and then, uh, you know, have my couple of meetings in the afternoon. And then, uh, probably keep working until like 10 PM because that's what hustlers do. Exactly. And
0: 24 seven,
1: there's no right way to do this. Um, there's this great, I'm actually looking at it right now. What was it called? Oh, uh, daily rituals by Mason Curry it was a great book. I really enjoyed. I think, I think, uh, Ryan holiday recommended it to me. Well, not to me, to people. And I took his recommendation personally and went and bought it. Um, and it's about essentially the, the creative daily habits of, people from all ranges of time and creative uh, endeavors, just sharing what they did. And a lot of them had no routine. Mm -hmm. And so I think the biggest thing I want you to take away is you got to find the right routine for you. And so what we're going to try and share is some kind of like building blocks that you might play with and stack up throughout your day so that you know the different ways you should be spending your time. And then your job is to figure out what's the right flow of that uh, probably through experimentation, a decent amount.
0: Yeah. So one of the first things that I would start with is looking at different phases in your life, maybe ever since you were, I don't know, like 15 or 16. So, like, you have, say, this high school phase, high school, college, maybe different jobs, all of this, right? There's different phases you go in where you have different friend groups, you have different jobs, uh, class schedules, all of those things. And, like, try to block that out. As Hilary and I, you know, we're talking um, over the weekend of our anniversary, you know, we were just reminiscing about, the last 11 years or so and like different trips have been taken in phases of life and and it just made me think about how we had different schedules for a lot of that time right i remember when i like there was one semester of college that for whatever reason i decided that the seven fifteen a.m class was a good idea um it turns out economics and i at that time do not get along weird um <laughs> Especially because I was riding my bike around. And so it's like nighttime, you know, that was fine in September, but by late November, it was like, this really sucks to be riding my bike at seven in the morning. But uh, like kind of write that down and, and notice if you divide it up into phases, notice which ones you thrived in, Write That cycle of when you were, were staying up late, getting your creative work done late at night and sleeping until 10. Was that when you thrived or was it at the the phase where, you had everything dialed in, uh, maybe in a more traditional sense. And you're like getting, getting up at 6 a.m. You're getting to work early. You know, you're doing all these other things. And try to know, okay, one, what did I enjoy? And two, where did I feel most productive and most creative? Because I think a lot of people would say, like, you have to get up at, at early or, you know, any of these things. And it's like, no, you don't. You need to do what works for you. And so you can actually look back on your own schedule and find out, you're on schedule over the years and find out what worked for you in the past.
1: Yeah. Yeah. One of the most, uh, one of the best books I've read on this, and there's a little quiz online as well that I'll share with you. It's called the power of when my buddy, uh, Chad Cannon, who works in the Michael Hyatt organization, um, sent it to me as a gift. And it's, it's one of these, it's almost like a personality test, but for how your energy flows. And the thing about any test personality, this is like a chronotype, uh, test is you just give it information that it reflects back to you in an organized way. So I just wanna remind everyone of that. It's not some voodoo or anything like that. It's just it showing you what you just <laughs> told it and then giving you some hints of what to do differently based on that. So the book was The Power of Win by Michael Breas and the uh, thepowerofwinquiz.com just kind of gives you a basic overview of what an ideal flow of your day might look like. I found it to be really useful. Um, kind of helped me see based on my past patterns, how I like to spend my time and when my best chunk of really focused work is during the day. And I do find that when I do it that way, it's very productive for me. And then when I get really far away from it, I can sense myself getting really frustrated. And when I check back in with myself and I realize, oh, well, it's because you've been having your meetings when you normally have your productive time or whatever. So anyways, the power of winquiz.com might be a helpful tool there for understanding your flow.
0: And then from there, once you get into like actually defining the types of work that you need to have happen. And we have four of them defined here. And they're maker time, manager time, selling or promotion time, and then consumer time, right? Where you're actually consuming new information. And if you haven't heard of maker time versus manager time, um, there's an example actually just from today that I want to share with you. This is from a friend, Tara McMullen. She just posted this. And she talks about uh, this 11-year-old Paul Graham essay, Titled the Maker Schedule, and that's what you know everybody references is uh, this article on a maker's Schedule versus the manager's Schedule, and the different types of work and actually dividing those up. And so Tara goes on to say that a few years ago she blocked her time off so she had two Maker Schedule days and two Manager Schedule days, and then just one overflow day. And how much that helped her um, because she's been able to put these different tasks into. Uh, different days and step into that mindset so a manager scheduled day you might have a bunch of meetings you might be like okay what are our priorities how's our execution against those what's happening let me meet with these other people and a maker focused day you might have nothing on it purposefully not a single thing where you just have this blank space to focus in or you might thrive in a little more structure on your on your maker focused days you might say okay for this 20 minute block i'm going to write for this hour i'm going to record my course you know any of those kind of things
1: yeah. And one of the things I really love about the maker time is, well, this is true on any day, but especially on maker time, because I've found those days to be the ones that can sometimes overflow the most. Mm-hmm. Number one, because I procrastinate a lot when I'm supposed to be making. And I like to do the like Twitter, Facebook, email statistics, death loop uh, to keep me from actually making what I set out to make. Um, but number two, because once I get into that flow, it's like, oh, I better capitalize on it. But the reality is if you over invest in maker time at in one day, one chunk, I think you really deplete yourself in a way that can slow you down on future maker time. Mm-hmm. And so what I try and do is I really try and set a pace for myself that I can maintain over a long period of time. So maybe that's recording one podcast episode a day. Some people I've heard just take one day a week and they record all of their podcasts for the next like six weeks or something. If that works for you, that's fine. But you better have like really good systems. I find that having a realistic expectation per day really helps me. Similar thing would be like a word count or a number of songs that you're trying to write, or um, a number of prototype designs if you're making a physical product or something like Mm -hmm. that, and really setting that out at the outset. I'm going to write 2,500 words today, and when I write 2,500 words, I am done for the day. That's it. I do nothing else today. I'm going to go enjoy my afternoon and work out and do whatever else, rather than saying, okay, well, I got my 2,500 words done. It's noon. I better just keep cranking. One of the privileges and the awesome parts of being a creator is you don't have to. And sometimes it's more productive not to, especially if you've structured your time really well, where you know you've got time set aside for your other
0: tasks. Well, that's an important shift to make is you have to realize that there's no longer a direct correlation between the time that you put in and the output that you get out, the return on it. So it used to be that you were paid for 40 hours a week or you were paid per hour or you know, whatever the arrangement was. So, if you put in more time, you got paid more money. If you put in less time, you got let go, you know, or some correlation like that. And that just doesn't exist anymore. And it's really hard for our brains to make that transition. So, you have to realize that, okay, when I hit that bar, when I have a great creative day, I'm some days you might want to push through and do more, but a lot of times you might want to leave some in the tank and step back and say, okay, that did it. That took care of it. Because The point is in a creative journey is to be able to do this creative work for a long time, not to be able to make the most happen today or this week, because everything in earning a living as a creator compounds over time. And so the single biggest thing that you want to optimize for is being able to stay consistent for a long, long time, for years. And if that happens, if you can make that happen, then um, you're going to be set up for success and each individual day isn't really going to matter.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And that, that goes back to that whole episode we did on leverage, um, going through Naval Ravikant's thoughts Mm -hmm. on, uh, media as leverage. You know, if you are a creator, you are fundamentally creating media in some form or another, which means that you are able to hit pause once you've done your creative output. Mm Now, what I will say is my flow, I personally enjoy getting up, having breakfast, easing into the day, reading some in the morning, listening to a podcast. And then I've got this window from like 930 or 10 to noon. That's my peak creative time. And if I miss that window, it means I'm going to have to fight really hard. And oftentimes I get another window when I hit like my past when I should have gone to bed time. (laughs) I get this other window when my cortisol fire fires back up and I can like go really late. And that's not what I want, but sometimes I'll use it because I have Mm -hmm. to. So I try to hit that 10 to 12 window. And then in the afternoon running a company is completely different. Like there's an endless amount of stuff that we can do. And so I'm really filling all my hours with highly leveraged time. And the afternoon is usually when I'm trying to do my meeting time, that manager time. So I'm structuring each day in pieces where I've got kind of like my consumer time in the morning. I'm listening, reading, doing all of that. My maker time mid morning for a couple of hours and then manager time ends up in the afternoon. Usually like after this podcast is over, this is the end of my maker time for the day. And I move into, okay, got to catch up on everything, read the base camp posts, manage the people, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then maybe in the afternoon I get, a, or the evening afternoon, I get a little bit more consumer time where I can sit and read or, or process the day. So as a creator, you might want to do that as well. You might want to use part of your day for, for one purpose and another part uh, for another purpose. So you've got both your week you can structure and an individual day you can structure amongst this maker, manager, consumer time. And then the one we haven't talked about is promotion time. So we've we've talked a little bit about promoting your own work on the show mm-hmm. already in an episode, but- The reason we, why, what is the reason that we separate it out as its own category, Nathan?
0: Well, it's because otherwise people don't allocate enough time to it. They think if I build it, they will come. And then they get really discouraged when that is in fact not true. And so when we look at it of actually breaking out time, we say, okay, for everything that I'm going to make, it Mm -hmm. needs to have a corresponding amount of time actively promoting it. Uh, can I republish this article somewhere? Can I uh email it to friends, ask them to uh give feedback on it, to share it? Can I uh be a guest on other podcasts? You know, all of these things. Can I guest post on other sites? And it's actually getting out there because you if you follow these people who their paths explode really quickly, you know, and their audiences and they just come on the scene really quickly, what you'll find pretty much always is that one, they produce incredibly high quality content that just is head and shoulders above Uh, other people in their industry. And then two, they spend an equal amount of time promoting it. And they kind of live in those two worlds. And in both cases, they are exceeding the bar. And I think it's the most discouraging thing is when you create really great content and then you have this wrong mindset about the world that it should promote it or, you know, the world should find it and make it grow. And, and that's really discouraging because you put all the work in one side and fail to put it on the other.
1: Yeah, totally. So if I were, um, if I were like giving advice, you know, on how to get leverage out of your time, I think you could probably let's, let's add it up real quick. I think in 90 minutes to two hours of maker time, an hour to two hours of manager time. And this is the stuff like checking email, registering your LLC, all of the other stuff that people think they should do that you shouldn't actually spend a bunch of time on, whatever, make time for it. That's fine. So maybe an hour, maybe two hours of manager time a day at most, but I'm going to call it an hour. So you've got three hours so far selling and promoting time. Even if you just set aside 30 minutes a day, you'd be way further ahead than most creators, but let's say you do 45. So now you've got three hours and 45 minutes, and then you've basically got the rest of your day that you could decide how much do I want to consume? For me, what I know is I am most creative when I am consuming creative content. And so that's reading. Primarily it's reading for me. If I'm reading good, high quality stuff, I'm usually putting out good, high quality stuff. Cause I'm a writer as a creator that might be listening to music. It might be, I don't know what else it is. Maybe it's like woodworking. Um, I have no idea. But uh, when I'm consuming high quality content, I'm putting out high quality content, or at least I have the urge to. So let's say you're consuming for another 90 minutes a day. That's just over five hours of work in a day. And what we're used to is having to be at work for 8, 10, 12 hours. Mm -hmm. And so I think one of the things you got to get the most comfortable with is you could have a fantastic in five hours of time. Yeah. You could completely nail it and then go do whatever the hell you want, which we're going to get into in just a minute. Um, But you've got to make that shift that your leverage is completely different when you're working for yourself than when you're working for someone else.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So breaking down some of my schedule, I think that I am most productive when I start early, not crazy early, because I don't like going to bed, you know, at nine or 10, that would be required um, in order to be getting up at five. So like my, my best time is if I get up at six, probably get two solid hours of creative time in of really moving my projects forward and then step into that manager time and then other projects. The other thing that really helps me is I really thrive when I have these days that are a large chunk of blank space. So that's Tuesdays for me. At most, I try to have two meetings, maybe. Uh, Ideal is zero. Currently, I'm up at two or three, um, you know, half hour meetings on Tuesdays. And so I just want to have these large chunks of time where I'm not doing anything else. I also... I haven't done this, um, but I've really been impressed with Jack Dorsey from Twitter and Square. Um, I really like what he did of breaking out his days where he, I mean, he's the CEO of two publicly traded companies, which is insane, but uh, he focused two days a week on one company, two days a week on the other company, and that let him dive all the way in. I think what we're trying to get to is to allow you to dive all the way in and be present on whatever activity you're supposed to be doing at the time rather than being half engaged or a quarter engaged in two to four things at a time.
1: Yep, I love that. Um, I wanna touch on, before we we transition into wrapping up the show, I wanna touch on a couple of kind of non-work keys to success of every day. I, I would categorize them as, well, the first three are, are obvious to me because they were the solutions to a lot of the anxiety I was feeling and realizing that these actually are the foundation for having a productive day every day. And that's sleep, diet, and exercise. Um, we can touch on each one really briefly. And then the last one is you have to have a stopping point Mm -hmm. because when your office is in your house, which everyone is experiencing right now, uh, and you can turn it back on at any time, if you don't have a stopping point, you're, you're going to run yourself ragged. I guarantee it. Our friend, Sean McCabe says this, this idea that I really agree with. He, he actually transitioned from working all the time to really focusing on these sleep diet and exercise habits because he was burning out as well. He had been kind of a long-term proponent of just work, 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 uh, and realized what that was doing to his health. He said that the number one key to getting enough sleep every night. So I'm going to circle back to sleep in just a minute is stopping work on time. Mm -hmm. I found that fascinating and I found it to be true in my own life because If I stop work at six, then it means dinner is not going to be until an hour later than if I stopped at five. And if dinner is an hour later, I know that my body takes time to cool down afterwards and to kind of process stuff. And then it means TV time or whatever you do after dinner is an hour later. And now you're, you're an hour later into your evening when you go to bed. It was a really great revelation for me. But if you're one of these, I'll sleep when I'm dead people, I just read one book. If you're, please be open to alternative ideas. It's possible you don't need sleep. Maybe you don't. I'm just saying that I think scientifically it's not true. And it's because of a really powerful thinker who did a a lot of deep dive research on this named Matthew Walker. Um, He's got a couple of great podcast episodes out there. If you want to go look that up on, on Apple podcasts or wherever you listen, but it's called why we sleep. uh, And man, there are some insights in there. But one of the biggest ones that I found interesting about sleep is that when you are asleep, deep sleep, your brain literally cleans itself. I just want you to picture like the little, uh, um, you know, the little bubble, friendly bubble things that were on those commercials for a long time that like clean the bathroom or whatever. It's like that for your brain is what's happening. And a lot of what they're finding is things like Alzheimer's and other degenerative brain diseases are linked to lack of sleep in some cases because your brain doesn't have time to clear out all the crap that gets up in there. It literally has little byproducts that decompose up in your brain. And uh, it needs sleep to be able to clean that out. And that's why when you wake up, if you've slept well and for long enough, you often feel much more clear thinking, you're less irritable, you have higher capacity to contemplate ideas. So my number one key for having a productive day is forget all the other stuff, just sleep eight eight hours a night. And I bet you'll figure it out a lot faster than if you don't.
0: Yeah, Yeah, that's good. Um, The the only thing I would add to that is just put in a little bit of exercise. Set the bar really low. Uh, Somebody said to me years ago, like imagine the difference in your body of someone who does no exercise and someone who does like 20 pushups a day, you know? And when you saying that I was in decent shape, so 20 pushups is not that difficult. You know, his point was like of doing anything. And I realized like, Oh wow, that's enough for your body to maintain. And actually you're going to get a little bit stronger with that. Even though you're like, it's, you're not getting super sweaty. You're not doing a whole workout, but like, that's far better than nothing. And so even having that where it's like, okay, Did I get my walk-in? Did I get my little bit of activity? Did I jog to the end of the block? You know, anything. And you're going to find that um, uh, you're going to get a lot more out of it. Richard Branson talks about that as well, of like his single biggest thing for clear thinking is like to go on a long swim every day and to get a lot of time in there.
1: Yeah. And one of the things I've learned here, number one, it's not perfect or nothing. It's actually anything is better than nothing, to your point. Exactly. But secondly, is that if you can work up to where you're doing 30 to 60 minutes of intense exercise, kind of like get your heart rate up, really get sweating a little bit. And um, I think you got to find a good routine for you that works. Some people like yoga, some people like CrossFit. There's a whole wide range of things, swimming. It actually completes the stress cycle. And as an entrepreneur, one thing that you'll realize eventually is that our cortisol really gets fired up when we're making stuff, when we're responding to feedback, when our work is being criticized by people, um, just the entire existence of a creator has these cortisol inducing stress responses built in. And when you exercise regularly every day and in an intense way, it completes that cycle. Cause the whole stress response thing is a fight or flight situation. And when you exercise like that, it basically it exercises the flight response. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, both of them in a way. And so your body gets rid of all the crap that gets created. And so you're ready to go again. Uh, and then the last thing is I think diet has a huge impact here. I don't advocate for any particular diet. I think it's personal, but, um, I think having a perspective on how you eat can really optimize for great productivity as well.
0: Yeah. And I'd say that's something to just play around with and notice the habits that you're in. you buying the exact same things from the grocery store. You know, are you snacking at the exact same times? Um, somebody recommended to me that you should, you know, cut out the last meal of the day if you want to be like happier, healthier, all of that. And I was like, dinner, dinner is my favorite meal. And they're like, no, 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 not dinner. They're talking about the snack that happens at 10 PM before you go to bed. Yeah, And I was like, oh yeah, yeah. I eat that meal. Okay. <laughs> and sure enough, cutting that out made a big difference. And, you know, so like play with those things, tweak it. It doesn't have to be all or all or nothing. It's yeah. these little tweaks.
1: My favorite, simple, non-dogmatic perspective on this comes from Michael Pollan. And I think I've shared this before on the show, but he says, eat real food, mostly plants, not too much. Yeah. And honestly, if you mostly followed that, I think everyone would be in good shape. Yep. Okay. Creator of the day. (laughs) Oh, man. All right. You're going to go first. I am. I think, you know, I searched our podcast outlines for his name to see if we had done him before. So I'm sorry if we have, but- Uh, Sean Blanc is a dear friend of mine, uh, ours, really big fan of him. He has something called the focus course, and it is couched as a productivity course, which it is. But I think it's actually a course that helps you define what's important to you Mm -hmm. and how you want to align what you value to how you spend your time if you wanted a step-by-step process to being productive every day and structuring your days to get what you want out of them, I don't think there's a better resource for it than the focus course. And so Sean is my creator of the day and the focus course is my resource of the day. Nice.
0: Yeah, focus course is fantastic. We went through it as a whole team. What, maybe two years ago? Mm-hmm. I think it was It was quite a while ago. Um, Sean has another thing that he says that I don't know where it's from, but I just hear him say it on Twitter and I like it. Uh, and that's just if you work with your mind, rest with your hands, and that's something that I really take to heart. Is a lot of my rest time comes from doing something physical. You know, sometimes planting in the garden, building a tiny house, some of those things. Last night I just spent some time drawing. I was just sitting there, turned on a, a, a fiction audiobook, and I uh, was just listening to that, doing some drawing, and that was a nice restful time. Anyway, definitely check out the focus course. My creator of the day is Sam Getz from Welshley Arms. So they're a music group, check them out on Spotify. The reason that I'm calling them out is this Friday, the next creator session is with Sam. So he's giving a behind the scenes on a bunch of their songs. It's, uh, his music is great and uh, we're excited to have them on the creator sessions.
1: Yeah. And this past one with, uh, Drew Holcomb was fantastic. It was oh, like yeah. having a concert in your living room. Um, man, it was awesome. So I hope y'all, y'all join us on Friday too.
0: Yeah. I was just looking up, uh, Welsh in arms, their song legendary. You've probably all heard. And sometimes like when I hear a band, I'm like, I don't know, never heard of them. And then I listen, to them. this happened with Drew Holcomb, uh, you know, a few weeks ago. And I started listening I'm like, oh, oh, I do know this song. Oh yeah. And that one too. And so it's just going to be more fun if you listen to, uh, like get, get them into your rotation leading up to the creator session. Um, my resource of the day. Is uh, one that I'm certain that I've mentioned before, but it's so good, and it has six episodes, so I can actually mention it um, four more times after this. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the Inside Imagineering series on Disney Plus. Just like the way they can combine art and science, and sculpting, and painting, and storytelling, and robotics, and everything else, it's just like uh, I finish an episode of that, and I'm like, I just, I just have to create something whether it's drawing or building something outside or anything, I just have to create. And, uh, yeah, the show, the series is about six hours. Um, and I could not recommend it more. It's really good. I really enjoy it. Okay. Thought of the day. Yeah. So to wrap it out, wrap it up, I think the takeaway that we want is one, as you make this transition, know that it's going to be hard. This isn't going to be like instant freedom. Imagine yourself as that, uh, I don't know, maybe the kid with super restrictive parents who then like immediately goes off the deep end once they go to college, like that's going to be you going into the creator world. So just keep in mind that you need some boundaries and and restrictions there. But really, it's about designing your ideal day and your ideal week. What would that look like? Put some boundaries in there. Okay, this is when I'm going to make sure to go get some time with friends because now I'm at home all day and I had that from coworkers before. Um, This is my maker versus manager schedule. This is the time, even if it's just a couple hours on Friday that I'm going to work on promoting my work. So know that complete freedom is amazing. And then what you're going to find is you want some of those boundaries uh, put in place. And uh, I'd even recommend a little thing showing up at three o'clock, five o'clock, eight o'clock, whatever time you decide to end your day that just pops up, you know, and gives you like a five, 10 minute warning that says time to wrap up work. Calendars are really good at giving reminders like that and keeping us on track. So I would highly recommend it.
1: They are indeed. Freedom is not doing whatever you want, whenever you want. It's the ability to create your own boundaries.
0: Ooh, that's good. We got to end there because anything I say after this is just (laughs) not going to be as good. Thanks for listening, everyone. See ya. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Future Belongs to Creators. If you didn't pick it up from the show, we make a tool called ConvertKit, where we're on a mission to help creators earn a living by building software that helps you build an audience of loyal fans. If you wanna give ConvertKit a try, you can go to landingpage.new to launch your next creative project. You'll be able to build a landing page and send emails for up to 500 subscribers totally for free. So again, that's landingpage.new. You can get started with your free ConvertKit account today.